and thank you for joining us for today's Buzzcast. I'm Karen Connolly. I'm the VP of Operations for Altera Group. And uh, you know us, we provide the Appraisal Buzz newsletter that comes out a couple times a week. And um, we also have the fall magazine that's coming out at the end of September. Um, lots of great appraiser-related content in there. We actually um, have an article in there from Christy Connolly that talks about how to get involved um, in the industry. And um, it really shows the importance of leadership. And with that, it's a great segue because I'm excited about today's Buzzcast because we have Greg Stevens with us. Greg is the uh, Chief Appraiser and the Senior Vice President for Metro West Appraisals. And I see, I've known Greg for years, but um, I've been seeing him pretty regularly throughout the years at conferences um, around the country, not since the pandemic hit, but uh, Greg and I both um, are very into dog rescues. I do Springer Spaniels and he does Greyhounds. And uh, we always uh, take an opportunity to sit down and have a chat and a drink um, when we see each other at these events. But um, before we launch into our discussion with Greg, um, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Solidify. Solidify is redefining the customer experience. Um, each appraisal is performed by the nation's top performing appraisers. Their national appraiser network is comprised of committed professionals. They go above and beyond for both the lender and the homeowner. Their top appraisers are in turn rewarded with more exposure and more assignments that enable them to grow their business. Um, we've been seeing this across the board for several years. Um, Solidify really uh, does a great job at Valuation Expo. They treat their appraisers very well and uh, it's really great to see. Solidify ensures the right appraiser on every order, every time. You can find out more at solidify.com. So, um, Greg, why don't we start by you telling our listeners a little bit about you and, and uh, how you got to be where you're at today? Be glad to. So, I started appraising when most of the audience probably wasn't even born yet. So I started back in 77. I was actually in marketing for Fairchild Semiconductor, and my brother happened to be uh, part owner of an appraisal firm, and I ended up buying out his partner, and then eventually bought him out, developed a, a five-office regional firm in Northern California, had that for over 20 years. In 2001, moved to Texas, went to work for a national lender, and uh, in 2011, retired from the bank and went to work for Metro West. And I've been there ever since and uh, very thankful that I am. I'm also <clears throat> very active in the Appraisal Institute, uh, designated member, both uh, SRA and the review designation, AIRRS. And I've uh, been very active in um, uh, the CRN network and attending the conferences, speaking at conferences, and uh, just welcome the opportunity to be here today and uh, share some more info with you um, about the industry. So um, we are very excited uh, to be continuing this series following the podcast by our Chief Operations Officer, Brandon Boudreau. And the webinar that Metro West sponsored in May. We received a lot of positive feedback following that webinar and uh, interesting follow up questions posted by several of the appraisers who listened to the webinar. 
As Brandon pointed out in his podcast, the GSEs have been very proactive in responding to the issues created by the COVID-19 pandemic that have been impacting all the market participants, uh, uh, <clears throat> the GSEs, the lenders, appraisers, real estate agents, brokers, et cetera. And actually on March 23rd, Fannie Mae provided the modified set of instructions, scope of work statement of assumptions, limiting conditions, and the certifications for desktops and a separate set of instructions for the exterior only uh, appraisals. Uh, also beginning in March, they were receiving weekly updates from the uh, GSEs and Joan Trice was actually having uh, Lyle Radke and Scott Reuter on as guest presenters on her uh, weekly CRN calls to provide real-time updates and respond to the questions from appraisers and lenders. Those updates um, have continued with the most recent being July 15th, which included several lender letters from Fannie Mae. The most recent lender letter specifically addressed appraisals uh, was the lender letter uh, 2020-4, that was published on July 9th. Uh, the GSE updates <clears throat> are as recent, like I said, as uh, July 15th when Fannie entitled our approach to COVID-19. And within that update is reference to the lender letter 2020-04, which was published on July 9th, uh, explaining uh, segments of appraisal and renovation loans and the use of virtual inspection methods to augment the data and the imagery used in either the desktop or the exterior only appraisal. And that was, that was a real concern and issue in the industry is <clears throat> how do we conduct these? How do we provide the information? And in that July 9 update, they provided that. So virtual inspections using video and photo uh, photographs provided by the borrower or contractor can be used to evidence the renovation progress to disperse additional renovation funds. So those of us in the industry that are involved in construction lending, uh, this was really good information for us. And this is distinct from verifying the completion <clears throat> For clarification in that uh, lender letter, they also clarified that if it is a, uh, a 1004D, uh, interior inspection is required. So whether it's an appraisal update or a completion report uh, that is used to verify the, the uh, completion of the renovation, it has to be uh, an interior inspection. And um, so they provided, it was a really good update that they provided on uh, July 9th. Another issue that we've seen in the appraisal uh, of new construction, which Fannie Mae updated on April 14th, when an appraisal is subject to completion for plans and specs, and also when a property is 100% complete, but an interior or exterior inspection appraisal cannot be completed, then they will allow a desktop appraisal using the appropriate forms identified in a table that they also included in that April 14th update. And I've seen a lot of questions uh, on appraiser blogs and so forth, looking for clarification on that. So they did provide that. It is on their website. It is available. Um, and so 
if it is the new construction that, and we still are doing a lot of appraisals on new construction, uh, some of it is subject to where we do not have the, uh, the improvements there yet, or if they are there, but for some reason we're unable to inspect, then we have the, the, the instructions. So we do need the plans and specifications. We do need a survey or plot plan. And then we do need current photos of the subject property. And so if the construction is not yet completed, the advice is the requirements are that we, we get a front photo of the subject as it is, and then a photo down the street. And then if, if interior access is, is possible, then to get as much interior photos as, as possible. And so uh, now I think we're going to break for a commercial. Yeah. Um, listen, nobody wants to work more for less money. And to some, that's exactly what the appraisal industry looks like it's headed for. Um, but it looks like you have to do more for the same money, and now you have less time to yourself. The great news is Data Master can change all that. With their easy-to-use software, Data Master lets you spend more time analyzing and less time typing. Plus, you get more information than any other data import product. Um, you can head over to www.datamasterusa.com forward slash buzz for more information on how you can save an hour per report. Now, who wouldn't love that? Data Master provides the right data at the right time for the right decision. You can go to www.datamasterusa.com com forward slash buzz. So Greg, I understand that there's been an increase in the use of desktop and drive-by appraisals. Would you care to discuss the increased use of those products and uh, give us some best practices about completing those kind of assignments? Be glad to, Karen. Before the pandemic, Metro West appraisal was completing probably 5% of our portfolio of products delivered were desktop appraisals. We're now up to 20 to 25% being the, uh, the desktop and the exterior only. So we have seen an uptick in the use in the industry and it's really been helpful that the GSEs have provided clarity on how those are to be conducted, but we are still seeing a lot of questions coming in. So we thought we would address some of those questions. One of them being is that when you are completing a desktop and you're using photos or data supplied by a borrower or owner, how can appraisers obtain such photos for a report? And appraisers, you know, the guidance from the GSEs is that the, the appraisers can contact the borrower, the property owner, and use FaceTime apps to obtain real-time information, which are then followed up with photographs texted or emailed to the appraiser for inclusion in the report. And while on the phone, the appraiser can instruct the borrower on moving through the house, beginning with the front address, to confirm that they really are in their home. Plus, we have the technology for the geocoding so that we can also confirm through the date timestamp of the photograph that the, uh, the, the 
the borrower is actually in their home and not in a neighbor's or a relative's home. So <clears throat> that's extremely helpful. And then what they can do from there, once they've done the virtual tour, then they can instruct the borrower on taking the photographs as they go through the house. The other question is what photos are required? And Fannie Mae on their website, they have a Q&A. And in that Q&A, uh, that specific question is addressed and it's Q&A 75. They say, at a minimum, we need a front photo of the subject. And additionally, in some instances, in order to pass through the automated review engines used by many lenders and AMCs, it may be necessary for the report to include all photos required for an appraisal based upon an interior and exterior only inspection. So the, the appraiser wants to be sure that they have clarity on what those photo requirements are. <clears throat> and another question that came up is what if, and we see this a lot, what if available information, adequate information is not available for the appraisal or it's difficult to find? And uh, Fannie Mae covered that in their Q&A 65 and they responded saying, but the GSEs advise that appraisers may use information from MLS. They may reach out to a broker, real estate agent, for the homeowner. They can use public records or any other online tools such as satellite imagery, street views to obtain the necessary property information. If they're unable to obtain sufficient information, then the appraiser must go back to the client and request, when possible, an interior inspection assignment. If that is not possible, then the appraiser may need to either withdraw from the assignment or have the assignment put on hold and the lender may have to wait until conditions uh, are such that the appraiser can then go ahead and conduct either an exterior only or an exterior and interior inspection. Another question relates to the technology and video conferencing. So we're seeing that being conducted a lot more post-pandemic, <clears throat> and that's also in their FAQ 65 when they mentioned that video conferencing technology, although it's not specifically mentioned in that FAQ, it is uh, a method of information provided by the property owner or borrower, and it can be used to augment the personal inspection, but the appraiser would still need to have the borrower, property owner, real estate broker provide the minimum required photographs. Now they go on in Q&A 89, and they state <clears throat> that if the assignment requires the interior inspection, then they cannot substitute in place of the, the appraiser still needs to make the personal inspection. But in a situation where it's a desktop or exterior only, where the appraiser needs to verify that information, then they can utilize the, uh, the technology in the video recording. So <clears throat> more clarification on what forms are to be used. And it says what forms should be used for an exterior only inspection appraisal obtained in accordance with the temporary COVID-19 flexibilities that were announced in lender letter 
That's covered in FAQ 68. In, in Lender Letter 2020-04, they identify the forms that include, and again, for exterior only, it would be the 2055, which is traditional, the 1075, which is traditional, uh, the 2009 for individual cooperative, the 1025 for small residential income, and the uh, 1004C. So they are allowing flexibility in the use of what would traditionally be an interior inspection for the, 10, for the 1025 and for the 1004C. They are allowing that. They also addressed in the use of the 1004C when appraising a, uh, a manufactured home, the, there was a question about requiring the detailed information from the HUD certification label. How can appraisers obtain this information for a desktop or drive-by? And that's covered in FAQ 78, where they say for exterior-only inspection appraisals, the appraiser may obtain a photograph of the HUD certification label provided they are given permission by the property owner to access the site. For desktop appraisals, the appraiser may request the borrower, the owner, or an individual that has access to the interior of the property to provide a photo of the HUD data plate from the inside. Thank you, Greg. Um, <clears throat> if you've grown frustrated with endlessly pursuing new appraisal work and not reaping any of the benefits, Metro West is here to help. They understand and work to alleviate the pain points commonly felt by appraisers to enable personal and financial growth for their staff. After all, they have been owned and operated by appraisers since the company opened in 1987. Uh, Metro West is an equal opportunity employer, and they're always looking for certified residential real estate appraisers to join their team. You can find out more at www.metrowestappr.com. So back to you, Greg. Um, I understand we received a lot of positive responses to the webinar Metro West conducted, and um, there were several relevant questions from the Q&A, many of which are still being asked by appraisers today. So do you want to elaborate on those a little bit? So the first question was, what should an appraiser do if they encounter a residence for which they would not be comfortable completing a 1004 desktop or 2055 exterior only report due to either property complexity or lack of data from the local MLS or assessor? <clears throat> and the answer to that is consistent with Q&A 65 when after exhausting all of the resources, the appraiser may need to go back to the client and request that the assignment be converted to include an interior inspection if possible. If the interior inspection is not possible, then the client may need to put the order on hold until such time as interior access is possible. And this is also covered in Q&A 80, addressing shelter in place situations. And we know that at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of the states did have uh, shelter in place shutdown. Uh, appraisers were eventually identified as providing um, uh, 
you know, services that were required in the industry. And so we were able to actually get back out into the field. But in many instances, uh, the appraisers are either not able to do that or we have situations where the, the homeowner <clears throat> does not want to allow access to the interior. So we have to, we have to back up five yards and punt. Uh, and then a follow-up question to that is, what is the lender's response when the appraiser goes back asking for that upgrade to an interior inspection? And what we have experienced is that we haven't really had that many, uh, but when we have had, the lender has been receptive and we've actually had the lender go ahead and authorize the interior inspection when, when it is a pro, uh, possible and available. And so um, then the question arises, uh, if pictures are provided by anyone else other than the appraiser, these are considered to be subjective. And so does the appraiser make an assumption or an extraordinary assumption in, <clears throat> in their appraisal report? And there was uh, most re one of the most recent updates from the GSEs from both Fannie and Freddie, and they made it very clear the appraiser is not to make an extraordinary assumption about the physical condition of the property. And that is because <clears throat> the Dodd-Frank and the interagency guidelines require the lender to know the physical condition of the property. So, the appraiser cannot make that extraordinary assumption. So what they did is they, for the time being, they deleted certification 10 out of the modified certifications and limiting conditions. And by removing certification 10, the GSEs, their position is that the appraiser no longer has to refer to any extraordinary assumption they took that out because the appraiser is now going to be obtaining that information from either the borrower, homeowner, uh, <clears throat> agent, whomever to get that information so that they will not be making an assumption about it. Then there's also a question about would you recommend using third party application for the photos? And uh, there are third-party applications available where the application can actually be emailed to, um, to the borrower. The borrower can download that into their phone. They, I think they even have the texting capability. And so that, that technology, that application actually walks the borrower through the process. So that is available. Uh, appraisers can use that when um, when we are having to rely upon the borrower to provide the interior photographs of the property. And so <clears throat> that, is, that is a possibility. Um, another question is, is there verbiage that you would recommend we should use, uh, be including in our appraisals? And <clears throat> I refer everybody to Peter Christensen for that. Uh, Peter has been very active in CRN, been very active in the conferences, recently actually conducted a webinar uh, 
where he did provide guidance for those in California dealing with uh, the issues that they've had there with AB5. And then also just a broad, broader spectrum uh, about the verbiage that, that can be added to an appraisal report. So I strongly recommend <clears throat> that people go to those um, uh, webcasts and webinars, get that information, or reach out to Peter directly. He has left liability insurance administrators, uh, and he is out on his own and very available. I've uh, actually accessed his expertise several times in recent history. And then uh, another question was, uh, do you suggest having a brief description of the pandemic impact uh, in, the t in the 1004MC and whether the market has been impacted or not? And uh, I'll actually refer back to Peter because Peter has addressed that. And um, there is language that has been put out there that basically is saying that the, you know, this is too recent of an event and we don't have sufficient market information to determine if there is a trending, if there is an impact at all. <clears throat> but Peter has also recommended that rather than put a template comment in there, that in each appraisal that each of us complete, if we personalize that to specifically state what information we are, you know, we're accessing and relying on, um, whether it be addressing, you know, third-party information that we're using, other disclosures, or whether it be about the market, just personalize what it is that you did, what you saw, what information you relied on. He said that they, over time, and he's actually been involved in over 8,000 cases in his history uh, of, of uh, defending appraisers and AMCs, uh, that this has proven to be the most useful in helping to defend appraisers. So that would be the recommendation that you follow Peter's advice on that and, and just make it as personal as possible. So that ends the, uh, the Q&A and, and my portion of the podcast. I just want to thank you, Karen, Jim, and the staff at Appraisal Buzz for the opportunity to participate in this podcast. And I'm hopeful that it uh, proves beneficial to the listeners. Thank you. Well, Craig, thanks so much for being here. That was a great recap, and it's always great to get a review on best practices, especially during such unusual times as these. Um, a thanks to our listeners for joining us, and um, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We look forward to the next time, and uh, we hope everybody stays safe out there.